This is the Front Page Podcast from the Red and Black. I'm Alex Antioch, bringing you our Earth Day Special Edition episode. First, we'll be speaking with Assistant Opinion Editor, Emma Griffin, about her research into climate change for the Red and Black's April 21st Paper Edition Opinion Column. Then, Culture Contributor, Ellie Poole, joins us to speak on climate anxiety and what UGA students are doing to cope. Support for this podcast is provided by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. For more information, visit grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for coming in to talk to us today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and so could you tell us about the climate crises that Georgia has experienced in the last 20 years? Yeah, the Southeast United States is more at risk generally for climate disasters than the rest of the United States that we've seen over the past couple decades. Um, In 2007, specifically, we saw this manifest in a a, a historic drought. Um, Georgia reached the highest level of drought categorization for the first time in 100 years. And a lot of cities were forced to come really, really close to completely draining their reservoirs. Um, and then in 2016, the same thing happened again. Georgia suffered another major drought. And these predominantly affected northern Georgia. Uh, the 2016 one affected rural areas a lot. Um, and you saw, you know, wildfires a lot. There was a decrease in um, air quality in Atlanta and even Athens with, of course, wildfire smoke. And farmers reported a lot of major crop shortages. And then, of course, 2016, 2017, you had Hurricane Matthew and Hurricane Irma and destroyed numerous homes. Parts of Savannah were completely submerged. And it's taking a huge economic toll, specifically on southern states. Yeah. And has the intensity of these events changed over time? Definitely. I mean, um, looking at Hurricane Katrina, there have been scientific studies that have proved um, had sea levels not risen to the extent that they did, uh, the damage would have been much less severe in 2005. And a, a lot of those sea level um, increases are attributed to climate change caused by humans. Yeah. And how has all of this affected the people who live in the state and do these effects change um, among different demographics? Definitely. Uh, I mean, we've seen Northeast Georgia obviously is very susceptible to drought, but Metro Atlanta, specifically Fulton County, and a lot of coastal communities like Chatham, you know, like Savannah Tybee, are really susceptible to flooding. Specifically in Savannah and Tybee, floods have occurred at double the rate that we've seen in, in the past couple decades. Um, and yeah, I mean, and specifically lower income people will probably have access to those more dangerous communities. Um, higher income people generally can afford to live in less dangerous, you know, properties. And so properties that are more susceptible to flooding damage or, you know, decreased air quality, you'll normally see underrepresented populations. And of course, health scares are also a concern because elderly People and children are more susceptible to illness, especially with deadly heat waves and um, people with lung conditions. And so, yeah, there's a lot of concerns for people who are not maybe able-bodied or have access to a higher income. What dangers do Georgians face in ignoring these issues? In ignoring them? Yeah, or um, not doing anything about them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen it 
progressed. It's definitely getting worse. And I think a lot of it has to do with people get very overwhelmed and they think it's not something that they individually can um, compete with. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that uh, it's important to let your representatives know that it's something that matters and something that you care about. Um, The younger generation tends to accept climate change as a concern. So it's there's hope that, you know, legislators will sort of explore that issue more as time goes on, um, you know, regardless of party lines. And so I think the danger of ignoring it would just be that people that are more socially vulnerable um, are the ones that are going to be impacted the most. And how much of the damage that's already been done is permanent and how much of it can be fixed? Um, we don't really know. It's sort of a very iffy sort of thing. I mean, there is a lot of consensus that there's definitely some that is irreversible. But there's also a lot that can be done to mitigate the worst of the losses that, that are projected. Um, and again, that comes back to making, you know, deep-seated change, not just um, individual. I mean, uh, individuals can do a lot, but at the same time, it's it's a very communal issue. So it's it's hard to, and again, that's why people get overwhelmed because they think, well, I can't personally do anything that's going to make a difference. Um, but as, as a whole in society, obviously, th- we, we can make a big difference. And we saw that with COVID when people were in their homes and not driving as much and air quality increased and oceans sort of cleared up a bit. Um, so yeah, there's definitely hope that it, progress will be made. Uh, what do you think the biggest takeaway of your piece is? Um, probably that it's, it's hard because it's, it's not an issue that you're seeing immediate results. And so it's really easy to like, sort of ignore it and say that's a problem for later. Um, But it's really important to notice that it is directly impacting people today, even if it's not necessarily you. Um, And it's really easy to take a privileged position and say, well, you know, we won't see the worst of it in my lifetime, so we can put it off. But it's really important to have empathy for those who are more vulnerable and realize that it's something that does cause a lot of harm and it's something that we can do something about. Up next, Ellie Poole will discuss her research on climate anxiety. Hi, Ellie. Thank you so much for uh, coming into the studio today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. So how are organizations on campus responding to climate anxiety? Um, I think a bunch of the organizations are trying to give students a way to feel like they're helping and making a difference. Um, I spoke to the um, eco rep for the Myers community, and she was saying how one of the biggest things she's been doing in her role is just bringing awareness um, to climate change. And one way she's been doing that is um, all the dorms provide recycling bins that students can have free of charge. And... Um, her name is Samantha Dilly, and she just told me that she was really trying to raise awareness with her friends, telling them to, like, make sure they turn off the lights when they leave a room and just helping people to have simple things that they can do um, to help with climate change. Yeah. And just to clarify, is um, Myers the dorm on campus? Yes. Gotcha. And how did she get involved in that kind of role? Um, so she got involved with that role um, when she came to UGA. She's a freshman this year. So... Um, She said that she just randomly switched her major to ecology because the classes looked interesting to her. Um, And so she just wanted to get involved with some things that were related to her major. And she felt like that was a good place to start. And so she just became um, the eco rep and just wanted to gain some experience and help her realize that that was something she wanted to do as a career. 
Yeah, and um, off mic, you were telling me a little bit of some of the other stuff students are doing, and I was wondering if you could speak to that. Some students are getting involved in student-run organizations and clubs, such as the Sunrise Movement, and I got to speak with Kate Kearney, who is the hub coordinator for that movement, and it's just a group of students who are passionate about helping the environment, and they... Um, have they've had rallies marches um and this club just brings people together who want to take part and do things to help the environment yeah and does the sunrise movement have any specific goals that it's trying to achieve so kate told me that the sunrise movement is a student-run organization that's just fighting for climate justice and green jobs um, and she said that was the main platform um, and they just pushed for legislation. She told me about they um, had a march for um, like the passage of the Green New Deal from Congress. And they had a push for the creation of the Civilian Climate Corps. Um, so they focus on some political things to make bigger differences. Yeah. And did she speak to what the Green New Deal or the Civilian Climate Corps are? She said that the um, Civilian Climate Corps would just create um, well-paying jobs in the green energy sector. So just getting more jobs out there that are available um, that can help like make a difference um, for the environment and people who are interested in pursuing those kinds of careers. Yeah. And um, based on what I've seen of the Sunrise Movement's social media presence, um, it seems like there is a sense of urgency to their rallies and the work that they do. And I was wondering if you could kind of speak to what that is. Um, So Kearney was telling me about just some of the things that the movement does. um, And she was saying that they focus on climate change and how it affects people. Um, And she just said that they understand um, they would like to make a world that's better climate wise and it's going to require a lot of changes. Just the way that climate change affects people, there's been a lot of people suffering from climate anxiety. Um, And that has just created a sense of urgency in many students and just American adults. Yeah. And what is climate anxiety? Um, So climate anxiety is just anxiety or worry about climate change and its effects. Mm -hmm. And um, from what it sounds like, it seems like a lot of these students are joining these kinds of organizations to kind of like cope with that from your conversations with them, does it seem like taking this kind of action helps with these feelings of insecurity? Um, I would say, yeah. So um, Kate told me that she has climate anxiety and I asked her how she dealt with that and some of the things that she did to ease her mind about that. And she said that you might feel like your personal actions might not make that big of a difference. Like if you recycle one bottle, you know, that's not going to stop the earth from heating up by a a degree. Um, But doing something like that can give you a sense of control over it. And then when you join a club of like-minded people, um, when you just all come together and put on these rallies or protests, things like that, it can really help them to ease their mind by just knowing that they've made a difference. This has been The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company. You can find the stories discussed in this episode in the paper edition or on our website at redandblack.com. Make sure to download our app, keep up with us on social media, and check out our new health podcast, The Athens Frontline, hosted by health editor Simran Kaur Maholtra. We hope to see you next week.